this week's episode of Cock Blocked by Corona, the podcast, when you're ready to date but have to isolate. If you're joining us for the first time, what are you doing, you duffer? We strongly suggest going back to listen to our first two episodes, The Danger Zone and Romance, Filth and Fit. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on this hilarious and topical Corona content, as well as key background information on our fave gals dating history. For those of you joining us for the third week in a row, thank you and welcome back. We can only hope we are becoming a little slice of joy and laughter each week in your current lockdown lives. I'm Lauren McKenna and as always, I'm joined by Hannah Fredrickson. Hello. As we help our newly single best friend, Kate Foster. Hi guys. As she navigates the dating world with the added challenge of COVID-19. We are each recording remotely from the safety of our Melbourne homes as we explore Kate's doozy dating stories and how the world of romance is currently managing the almighty cock block of Corona. Hi, ladies. Hi, Lolly. Hi. How are we feeling? I think this is our uh, fourth or fifth week of self-isolation. So how are we going? Look, <laughs> this week has been a weird one. I feel like I've just got the real sillies this week. It's... um. I don't know. Like yesterday I, I led an online meditation for work and I felt myself tearing up a few times when I said physical touch because I'm really missing physical touch. <laughs> it was a beautiful meditation. I loved it and so did my cat Dorothy. Thanks, Lolly. I feel like everyone just wants a hug at this point. I really want a hug. I think I told you girls um, the other day in our group text that I went to the supermarket and I've just never seen so many hot people. I saw two hot guys. <laughs> then I started checking out the security guard at Coles. And then I thought, is it just me or is Corona making everybody look really bangable? I think maybe it's just you because I'm at Coles <laughs> like, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me. <laughs> Nobody touch me. Nobody look at me. Uh, I've, I've never done so much flirting at Coles. I was giving everybody <laughs> like a little look down every aisle. Well, you've got to do it somewhere. Exactly. I felt like I was accepting it last week and adjusting and then this week I feel like I'm resisting again. I know. I can't watch any more Netflix. I've maxed out. I can't watch any more Pornhub. I've maxed <laughs> out. <laughs> like they haven't updated any new content. I've just been doing a lot of panic baking. And you girls know me. I'm not really a baker or a cook. No. But I'm really – I'm doing that. It's It um, seems to be a good boredom buster. Do you guys have any other – Good boredom busters for our listeners. God, I've been doing lots of cooking, lots of reading. I've been riding my bike. That's nice. I've been watching Netflix. I've been annoying my partner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm nailing it, to be honest. I don't think I'm nailing it. Uh, I've been putting on the music really loud in the lounge room and dancing. That's a good one. Exercising, reading. I mean, just same, same shit, different day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Han's very tempted to cut her fringe. I sent Lola a thing last night being like, I think I'm maybe going to cut her fringe. And then I just got back in caps, do not. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle it. Please don't. I'm going to have to deal with the fallout. <laughs> it will end. It will end it'll badly. Be like, I feel like it'll be a veranda. It'll be a veranda on your head. Yeah, it'll like. be like cut to me on my wedding day weeping because I've got like some terrible fringe growing out <laughs> that I thought was a good idea in quarantine. It's not happening. I flat out said no, but then I also said like, I'm thinking of dyeing my hair pink, but just a wash out. She just a wash out. She wrote to me in caps, do not. And then her next message was, I'm thinking of having pink tips. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'd say we're all quite emotionally on edge. So we've had some great feedback this week on the podcast. It's been so lovely to read lovely things from our listeners. But one piece of feedback was particularly hilarious. Connor's mum is a listener of the podcast and when Kate was talking about Scottish Highlander, Connor is Connor's father is Scottish and, you know, he's really proud of his her- heritage and he, you know, he's very much a Scotsman in lots of ways. And Connor's mum said that she nearly spat her tea because she thought that Connor was the one putting Kate <laughs> in a headlock. <laughs> Giving her throat gonorrhea, <laughs> but she was relieved when you said that he was seven feet tall because Connor is, he's not short, but he's certainly not that tall. <laughs> I love that that was a moment that she was like, oh no, it's not him. But the fact that you were with Connor and it was like two years ago, four years into <laughs> Connor and I being together, that wasn't the concern. That wasn't when she realised. Absolutely not that close. We share many things, but that's not one of them. <laughs> Sorry for the shock, Mary. Sorry, Mary, and I apologise that you spat your tea, but no. <laughs> I love it. She's given us a good laugh. That really, like, gave me a good laugh. It hurt me. It hurt me in my abs. Obviously our mums are <laughs> listening, but we also have had lots of other mums listening and a surprise contingent of listeners is a middle-aged man group. They are into it. <laughs> they dig it. I'm loving that. I don't know why, but they dig it. I must say when we thought about making this, that is not who I thought we were marketing to, but I am thrilled that you're enjoying it. That's awesome. Yep. Thank you for listening. We'll take any fans, whoever they are. Maybe they'll learn something. (laughs) Although I hope they've learned something by the time they're 45, otherwise their poor wives are in a bit of a... Imagine if there's like a 50-year-old man who's (laughs) like, oh, headlocks are bad. At this point, it's like, (laughs) oh, God. (laughs) Whatever you're into, though, no shame. Maybe there were too many women saying, not my monkeys, not my circus. And it's just all these men walking around. So we've got the sillies. It's going to be a good app. I'm dying. So last week we heard from Kate, or should I say Green Mini, and the likes of Lord Howe Island local The Fishman and his awkward-growing romantic ways, Cuban Heel with a tendency to watch his own music theatre performances on flat-screen TV, the Scottish Highlander with his bizarre headlock foreplay and a reluctance to wrap it before you tap it, (laughs) not Connor, (laughs) (laughs) and and best mate Hungry Jack and that whopping gonorrhea needle, poor guy. (laughs) There was a bit of a cliffhanger in last week's episode leading to Kate's impending nervous breakdown and the introduction of one of the great loves and, spoiler alert, disappointments of her life, a man who deserves no other title than New York Narcissist. But before Han and I go full Dr. Phil and help Kate unpack this ultimate doozy of doom in next week's episode, this week we have had Kate prepare a compilation album of her most hilarious, greatest dating hits and glorious failures. We are calling this segment So Fresh, Hits of Kate. (laughs) Speaking of, remember that time that we were out at that concert, guys, and Kate sniffed her pits because she wasn't sure if she was a bit pongy and that guy saw her do it and he gave her this look like, like he was really into it. (laughs) He was into it. He was actually into it. That was a really, that was a confronting moment to be honest The not so fresh pits of Kate. (laughs) (laughs) She's always fresh. She's always fresh. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Never smelt you or you, lol. He was into that. So just another like weird kinko (laughs) that I managed to avoid. (laughs) Kinko. (laughs) 
Where do we start? Okay, let's go, let's go back. We're going to go in kind of chronological order if I can remember. My mum did actually say to me this week, how many men have you slept with? And I said, not that many, but I kind of went hard for a small period of time and then I just went into a full, like uh, almost sexual isolation for years. <laughs> You've been practising quarantine for ages. <laughs> <laughs> I really have. I just think that they're all very memorable and not in often the best ways. That's why. That's why it seems like a lot. Exactly, exactly. So if we go back to um, who I will call, and I actually did really like this guy. He was an absolute doll. But he has earned the nickname Sandy Dick. (laughs) 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 He lived on the coast and he obviously loved swimming at the beach, which is nice for him. Not so nice for me because whenever you would go downtown, there was always sand in his foreskin. <laughs> and <laughs> I have likened it to, you know, when you get dumped by a massive wave in the surf and you go face first and you get a mouthful of sand and like seaweed. That's what it was like going downtown. It was just crunchy all the time. Not just a few grains of sand, like quite a lot. Are we talking? There was a fair bit of sand. I mean, you know, it was either sandy or it was like slightly chlorinated sometimes because he loved to swim. I mean, I don't have a penis, obviously, and I don't know what that experience is like, but I can imagine that that's not very comfortable. Wouldn't it be like gritty and unpleasant? It'd be quite chafy, I imagine. Yeah, Yeah, well, it certainly was gritty for me. It was like fucking crunchy. (laughs) Yeah, you said it would be like in your teeth, like, you know, crunching around. Just a little bit of crunch and you had to really, you know, I had to um, kind of deflect and hope that he wouldn't notice the distaste on my face. So you didn't bring it up with him? No, I never brought it up with him. He was delightful. He was a sweetie. I remember him. (laughs) God, I hope he doesn't listen to this because he was really nice. But I mean, (laughs) but you know, sand in your peen, can't help it. Truth bomb. Yeah. Do something about that. He also once called me. Um... And this was, we never lived in the same place. So we kind of like intermittently would would see each other and, and get it on and, you know, share sand. And <laughs> he, <laughs> he once called me and I thought he was calling to tell me that he missed me. He wasn't. He was calling to tell me that he may have accidentally given me chlamydia. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't have it, thank God. But to make him feel better... I panicked and I decided to tell him about a story where I went to a dress-up party dressed as a giant condom and wrapped myself entirely in four rolls of glad wrap and um, consequently uh, got really bad gastro. (laughs) (laughs) We had to cut you out of that condom costume. It was not a fun night. You wrapped yourself in it though and then you ate dinner. So the food, it wasn't like really gastro because it wasn't like you caught it. It was that your bowels were so constriction and then it was like they were gonna rupture and I just remember you being in that toilet in that share house out the back being like help (laughs) (laughs) but the best is that the images of this party were never shared publicly but there's just all these photos of you after that's happened where you obviously don't have a costume anymore so you're just sitting there in a g-string with no top and a cowgirl hat and uh, that wig pink wig wig, and just looking really like exhausted and deflated like also for context though I think we need to just mention that 
the theme of the party was it was a porn themed party. So it wasn't just like Kate had just decided <laughs> to go fancy dress as a condom. It was it was our infamous porn and prawn party. So it was porn themed dress with limited seafood catering. Exactly. Porn and prawn. Classic. And I thought it would be hilarious to go as a giant condom. And I wanted to, you know, I thought I want to look thin, so I'm going to wrap myself really <laughs> tight in this clad. <laughs> I couldn't sit upright in the cab. I had to lie like a plank. And then as soon as I got there, I was in horrific pain. Like I just started to get pains in my stomach. And it just happened to be that outside this little rickety, rundown outdoor toilet, everybody was milling around. Well, thank God. Otherwise, we wouldn't have heard your cries for help. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do think it's very indicative of the type of person you are, Kate, that after that had happened, which is quite full on and you were in a lot of pain and like you're... (laughs) at someone else's house nude and you've like nearly shat yourself and you stayed until the end. Like you didn't even go home. I didn't even have a drink. I'd had not one drink in me. I love that. What a legend. Once I'd done a few yoga stretches and had a like a little mini nap, I was ready to party again. I must say though that um, that is nice of Sandy Dick to call you to let you know that you might have had it. I think that's that is kind. Very decent. He's a delight and, you know, even with the sandy dick, still really liked him. Yeah. So (laughs) next up, guys, I was going through a time where I'd had a – I'd gone into a bit of a drought and so there was this cute guy that worked next door to where I was working and this is, you know, straight after uni days when I was managing – a bar restaurant down at the Melbourne – near Melbourne Theatre Company where we actually all had our turn of working. It was hilarious. We just all worked there together. I love that you say turn. I worked there for six years. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't last long, but it was basically – any time we were on a shift together, it was basically like this podcast. Yeah, that's very true. It actually was. So there was this cute guy that worked next door at the – we'll call him my Mexican cousin because that's where he worked – I thought he was a bit of all right and we used to have a little flirt in the shared corridor and he started, you know, jumping on the texties and I think it was you, Lolly, one night, you know, I thought, why not? It's been a long time. I'm young. I'm free. I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm just going to I'm just gonna cool. get it on. <laughs> you go, girl. And I think I text you and you were like, do it. Go for it, girlfriend. Why not? Why not? Do it for the memoir. Exactly. Do it for the story. Do it for the podcast. <laughs> I was paving the way for what I didn't know was coming. I went home. I started to get really nervous because I was, you know, thinking, oh, God, it's been a long time. I barely know this person. I really, you probably wouldn't know it from listening to the first two episodes of this, but I'm actually not a real one-night stand sort of person. You know, for one, I have a strict cleanse tone, moisturised, brush your teeth regime, so I really can't stay over at anybody's house without all of my bits and pieces. But this guy, I said, you know, come on over. So about 1am, I started to get very nervous. I went and got the only alcohol I could find in the house, which was some, at this point, probably five-year-old cherry-flavoured vodka. I had no mixers, so I just started drinking this out of a mug because I thought that might take the edge off. By the time he got there... It had just hit me like a ton of bricks. So this mug that I was drinking out of had across it queen of fucking everything and I just opened the door. (laughs) 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 And I just opened the door and I was like, hello. 
<laughs> Were you trashed? Were you just tozzled? I was trashed and I am a lightweight and I was gone skis. And he just goes, have you been drinking? And I was like, yeah, just a little. <laughs> you know, yeah, a little something. And he goes, well, I'll have a drink with you. And he kind of looked horrified that all I could offer him was cherry-flavoured vodka with nothing else. And so we sat down on the couch and, you know, we're talking for a while and nothing's really happening. And I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, it's like, you know, it's pushing 2.30am. Like, I need to get my beauty sleep. This is either it's on or it's not. And so at this point we're watching um, Better Homes and Gardens and... <laughs> <laughs> Just something that, to really get you in the mood. I'm loving the, the lead into this. You're like, I'm cool, I'm hip. And then you're like, so we're watching Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> We're the queen of fucking everything mug. At one point also too, you know when you're, you're drunk and you can see yourself doing things but you can't stop and you just think, oh, yep. God. Like I nearly yep. spilt vodka on him. I think at one point like I was speaking so fast that I accidentally spat some liquid on him. Oh. I know. It's so awkward. And so then I just go <laughs> – and then I just went – is it on or is it on? And yes. oh my god, I'm dying! I'm dying! I'm embarrassed. <laughs> and so obviously it was on. It was on. But then halfway through that, he's sort of like, "We're into it," you know. I I pull my I accidentally pulled my entire chest of drawers over with candles on them. I'm trying to get a condom. I fell off the bed. Like it was just one bad thing after the other. And then you get to the point, so I'm so drunk, my head is spinning and I'm just thinking, oh, God, I'm going to vom. I'm going to chuck. Oh, no. And so he's really, he's right into it. And I was like, I just said, without thinking, can you please hurry up? (laughs) (laughs) Get this over with. (gasps) Oh, God. (laughs) And after that we just went to sleep and in the morning I have never been so hungover also again I woke up and the first thing I said was I feel like I want to die that was the worst night of my life and he just sort of went oh okay oh okay (laughs) I'm never usually that rude but I was just really rude okay (laughs) sorry to this guy I was clearly in a bad place so he left and a week later he had quit his job and moved to Bali and I never saw him again (laughs) Coincidence or not? I don't know. Nobody else knew he was moving. He just up and decided to leave. So I hope that that wasn't me, but I'm sorry for that guy. You changed his life. In a bad way. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So that was my Mexican cousin. That was, you know, probably my worst moment, to be honest with you. That That was bad form on my part. Then we move on to deliverance. So deliverance was a guy that I actually fell for and he was American. He was in Australia. I met him through friends and he seemed quite nice to start off with. And we were dating for a little while. Um, He was kind of one of these sort of – he was quite hopeless in that he never – he didn't really have much drive to work and he never really had money so – I was sort of paying for everything, but I didn't mind and I really liked him. And he went back to America and we continued chatting. 
And then we got to this point where we were talking so much and we decided we, you know, we had feelings for each other. And we had seen other people in this time, but then we sort of got to, you know, January. Um, I can't remember what year it was. I think maybe 2017. And I said, why don't I come and visit you? I'll come to America and I'll visit you. And he kept saying he really wanted to come back to Australia. And we were talking almost every day. Uh, And so I did end up going to America. And what I didn't know at the time was that he was in a full-on relationship. And he was also cheating on her with other people. So I sort of had decided that, you know, I was quite into this guy. I got to America I spent the weekend with his friends and the reason why we call him Deliverance is I discovered, he did a very good job of hiding it, but I discovered that he was a full-on Trump supporter and, like, very racist. Oh, yeah, he was hideous. It was a nightmare. So this is not really that funny of a story, to be honest. He was mostly just hideous. I do think it's important, though, that we hear about these ones too, like the heartbreaks and also just like some really tough, horrible moments that sort of lead up to New York narcissist, you know, in in adding to how you feel about yourself and and your experience in having relationships with people because it's just... Horrible. And, you know, he wasn't all bad, but it was kind of a shock that weekend. And I think, actually, Han, I think I called you. I had no Wi-Fi and I didn't have a SIM card yet, but I got Wi-Fi outside of Starbucks and I called you. It was about midnight there and I was in hysterical tears. Yeah. Hysterical tears. And I ended up going to New York and he came and visited me in New York. And at this point it was, things were already obviously quite rocky. And I really didn't know how I felt... And he got to New York and he came and stayed with me in my Airbnb and he was always like on the phone and he just started to be kind of backhanded compliment kind of person. Yeah, like lots of negs. Negs, constant negs. And he's always on the phone. And so I did a, you know, I did a thing that, I mean, look, everybody's like, you shouldn't do that, but we've all been there. I checked his phone. Well, he obviously led you to feel like you needed to do that. And I didn't have to go very far because it was quite literally a message that popped up on his um, screen. And it was obviously a message from a girl and I'd started to get sus. So I confronted him about it and he kind of... He came clean, but then he just really tried to deflect. And then he tried to have sex. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then he followed me to Brooklyn because I said, I want you out and I want you gone. And so he kind of, (laughs) we walked about half an hour down to the Brooklyn markets with me just storming and him behind me being like, if you want to talk, I'm still here. And so finally I said, you've got to. You've got to go. I don't want to see you anymore. I don't want you around. You're an, you're an asshole. And why didn't you tell me about this? Why could we not have just been friends? And I put him on a bus and off he went back to Haggistown in the middle of nowhere. That's where he was from. And had a little tear and then off I went and had a great time. So I didn't call straight up. I messaged this, this girl who I sort of got the, got the impression that they were together in, in a quite serious relationship. And I messaged her and I said, I'm, look, I'm so sorry to do this. I just wanted to let you know. And she said, can I call you? And we ended up having a three-hour-long conversation because she had been sus on him as well. 
And so she was telling me all these stories of all these weird shitty things he had done and I was telling her stories and and then what happened was I ended up going to Texas and we had sort of got in contact and he had obviously gone home and pleaded for her to take him back and she did and she took him back. And I texted her and I said, you know, look, is everything all right? I've seen that you're back together because obviously it was all over social media. And she said, look, you know, I know it seems weird but he said he wants to change and, you know, I don't expect you to understand. And I said, honestly, I said, I, I do understand. I understand that perspective of just needing to do it for yourself. Even when it seems, you know, you don't know. I've, you know, clearly I've been in that situation many times where it all looks wrong, but you just have to get it over with and see where it goes. And so she stayed with him and I said, look, I really hope he treats you well. I hope he does change. Three months later, she texts me, I'm back in Australia, and she said, can I call you? You were right. And she called me and he had, they'd stayed together, he had sponged off her, he came and lived with her. She found out he was cheating on her and she broke up with him. The weekend she broke up with him, she found out she was pregnant. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And he essentially just sort of, freaked out and disappeared Uh, and she went and got an abortion and he had disappeared off over the other side of the country for, you know, in inverted commas, work, you know, whatever it was he was doing. He had no real proper job. And she reactivated because they'd met initially on Bumble and she reactivated her profile and she um, went back in and obviously to their last conversation she saw he was back on and he was obviously active wherever he was. So much worse than what I could have ever imagined him to be. But he contacted me like a year later to apologise and, and wanted to talk and wanted to catch up. And I said, look, thanks for your apology, but I have I really have nothing to say to you. I don't want to be your friend. You moved on. Oh, moved on. That is heavy, isn't it? But I'm so glad you told her because I think at least then she had all of the information and she could make the choice for herself. And obviously, you know, we never know what motivates people to make these choices, but at least it was on her terms and she didn't have to have any what ifs about it. Absolutely. I almost feel in the end, like maybe that was my purpose in that situation because obviously I had been upset about what he'd done to me just being a being a player, but nothing, you know, like what he did to her. You're a beautiful person, Kate. You're a good egg, Katie. Now, what weird sex story have we got next? <laughs> <laughs> Let's lift the mood. Let's lift oh, the mood. Dear. Okay, so after deliverance, we're going to skip straight to the entrepreneur. <laughs> it's a strong nickname. You can imagine him, can't you? He was trying to flog like green shakes. He was in a, um, <laughs> oh. yeah, in a pyramid scheme. He was a model. He hung out at, you know, Bond nightclub. He always wore suits. He drove a white BMW. Like classic, classic wanker. He was he was hot and he was, I just thought, you know, maybe this will be a fun little thing. Mm. Jump back on the horse. That's always the problem with me. It always goes wrong when I'm like, I'm going to jump back on the horse. So luckily for me, we only had one night and I went over to his house. It was all going well. And then we started to, like, you know, get into it. 
And <laughs> again, another hyper-aggressive sexual experience. He literally just stuffed my face in the pillow. <laughs> And I had to every time. No. It was like any time I got a moment to come up for he- for air, it was like taking the deepest breath I could before I got my face smashed back in the pillow again. No, no. And I can cop some rough play. Like this is the thing. I'm not that precious but hilarious that this is what he thought was going to turn me on. I don't think he was thinking about what was going to turn you on. I think he was – No. I think he was just having his – best experience which that's obviously his thing that's his kink or whatever his fantasy again on a first time with somebody without talking to them about it you can't just smother somebody you can't just smother someone like honest to god I know you really I hate those ones where you just feel like you're a blow-up doll yeah and I've had a couple of those and it's like okay I'm I'm a human here and I have feelings yeah but my body saved me (laughs) (laughs) because what I didn't realize was at the time I had had this like weird medical thing happen where my cervix was really sensitive and obviously because I hadn't you know done the deed for a long time god my poor me I really go these long times and I think I'm gonna have these you know mind-blowing experiences and then I get smothered my vag broke and I bled everywhere. And that stopped that quick smart. He broke you. Too rough. It was really severe bleeding though, wasn't it? It was like a murder scene. What was his reaction like? Was he nice about it? He was actually fine. He kind of was freaked out and I was freaked out too. I did not know what was wrong with me no. because it was like not normal. Um, and so, <laughs> so I promptly left and didn't really speak to him again he would often like text me for a booty call and you know I never followed through with that um but I ended up going to emergency the next day so I went home thoroughly freaked out obviously that the bleeding stopped I didn't know what was wrong with me I googled and of course everything came back cancer and never google the next day I think Han I got you to meet me at emergency and I (laughs) yeah okay I come Kate calls me and she's like look you know this has happened last night like it was pretty severe and like from what I'm reading like I just think I I should go to emergency and I was like I agree like you know that's that's sensible that's sensible it's not normal to like to have a lot of bleed like that severe kind of bleeding so I was like yeah I'll come and meet you at emergency anyway I get there and Kate comes in and she is literally showing up to emergency for severe vaginal (laughs) bleeding And she turns up in a pair of white jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got this really hot doctor and and he literally goes when you're like, he's like, what are you in for? And you're like, oh, look, this is what's happened. He said to you, it's very brave outfit choice. (laughs) (laughs) He gets it. She can't be stopped. If she wants to wear white jeans that day, she's going to wear white jeans that day. That was the outfit she had in her mind. Nothing will stop me. Fashion. Fashion comes first, guys. Really a shame that I had that hot doctor, but in the end, if everybody's wondering what the hell is wrong with me and maybe if I'm just severely broken, it was just something to do with the pill and I'm all fine. Good as new. Sensitive cervix. So that was heinous. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I reckon this lucky last one's a nice one to finish on. Hair tie. So he was actually great, pretty great in the sack. I'd gone on a few dates with this guy lovely um beautiful man I remember seeing photos he was divine oh very attractive 
and really nice. He was studying to be a teacher. All good. Anyway, we ended up doing the deed and it was going swimmingly and he takes his hair out and like does a whole hair flick and I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Those luscious locks. Oh, he's gone full Tarzan. I was like, this is a vibe. And we're kind of, you know, into it and you're (laughs) doing the thing and then you're doing other things and whatever and we're kind of midway through and I go downtown again and I get down there and there's a hairband. There's a hairband. (laughs) (laughs) What? There was a hairband. He had put his hairband around his penis. What? (laughs) (laughs) Did it take you a while to actually figure out what it was? Like what kind of hair tie was it? Are we talking like just the... Like the skinny ones or like was it a full scrunchie? Like what are we talking? It wasn't one of the really skinny ones. It was like sort of a, a you know, a middle-sized fatter scrunchie. It was thickish and mm. a bit furry. And I mean, I kind of, it took me a second to figure out what was going on. And then I just nearly died with laughter. But what was the deal breaker for me in the end was at the end of this whole thing, he put it back in his hair. I'm so confused by this whole thing. I think when you first mentioned hair tie, I thought that he'd like put his pubes into like a ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) Or like pigtails. Just a little, a little updo. I mean, maybe we're just not super educated on this. Like if you're listening and you're like, no, no, like this is a real thing. This is really common. Then, then please write in and let us know because (laughs) I must say I've not ever had someone surprise me by doing that. With a hair tie. Maybe it's just like, you know when you've got like your, your, you've got your one hair tie and you, you really rely on it and like you wear it on your wrist all the time. Maybe he just wears his on his pain instead of his wrist. And then he's like, oh, there it is. Yep, just pop that up. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I really enjoyed those So Fresh Hits, Kate. So the timeline goes Scottish Highlander, Hungry Jack with the throat gonorrhea thing and then hair tie was like a flash in the pan before I just packed it all in and went to America and had my nervous breakdown. Which is where we will arrive at next week. Let me tell you, my God, that is a epic story. We need to give him his full episode because it's it's a lot and we have a lot of feelings as well about it too, (laughs) don't we, Hannah? I think I need therapy about it as much as you have needed therapy about it, Kate. Honestly, you cannot write it. You cannot write it. So stay tuned for that next week. But thank you. That was uh, So Fresh Hits of Kate. I love it. This week in COVID-19 dating news, we have come across many people not taking government restrictions seriously. A 27-year-old Cairns man took a chance on love by driving to Port Douglas to meet a woman via a dating app. Police decided that the 60k trek was not deemed essential travel. The date proved quite expensive for him as he not only paid for the takeaway meal they shared, but he was also slogged with a $1,300 fine. The rules are important and strict to keep our community safe and it has been quite staggering this week to hear from our listeners that many men and women are still being invited over for hookup dates during this lockdown period. One listener wrote in and told us she has recently been asked by a Tinder match, want to go do something? To which she replied, yeah, I am doing something, staying home because of the global pandemic. She was then accused of being a spoil sport. What do you ladies think of this? That's ridiculous. You can't guilt someone into, like, if they're doing the right thing. Come on, we're Absolutely. all in this together. No, I think that's silly. I'm not about it. I'm, I'm about taking it seriously. 
because I don't think it's fair if everyone's just getting their fun hanky-panky on and I can't even see you girls for a wine and a cheese platter. I kind of (laughs) have been judging people that have not been taking it that seriously. It is. It's against the law. Speaking of differing views on the rules of corona and how strictly they should be stuck to, we did have one listener get in touch to let us know about how her and her boyfriend's differing views on this led to their tragic breakup. They had been seeing each other for a couple of months. Everything's going well. Corona rears its head, but the relationship is still surviving. It's still thriving until she realises he isn't taking the lockdown rules seriously enough. It reaches breaking point when he goes to the supermarket three times in one day and she is done. It's all off. Is this fair or not fair? I think it's fair because it's not essential. Just write your list, doll, and go once. (laughs) I agree. Bumble representative says that globally there has been a significant rise in the numbers of messages, which are up by 23% from their usual figure, and in-app video calls, which are up by 31% from their usual figure since mid-March. And apparently, because of the pandemic being a very easy, common topic to open with, people are discovering potential matches political views, whether they're an optimist or a pessimist, and therefore their suitability very quickly. So people are getting to know each other faster and the sort of person that they are because they're talking about it and same thing with like what are your you know what have you been up to and if someone is obviously ignoring the restrictions people are going to have strong feelings about that so that's interesting definitely and I think it's a nice way to get to know someone on a more kind of intellectual chat level rather than you know getting physical too early I think it's um it could actually be the basis of some really strong relationships guys absolutely Well, this might upset you particularly, Lolly, but this made me feel very weird. Um, I read this in The Guardian. I'll just read it out for you now. So it says, I've been married for 25 years and I've had a relationship with another woman for seven. It's not something I'm proud of, all the deceit and concealment, but you can't help who you fall in love with. I've never wanted to rip apart my family because there are children involved to stay or go, which is kinder. It's a dilemma that's more common than you'd think. We both have spouses, but before the lockdown, we'd carve out time to speak to and see each other at lunchtimes, in the evenings, whenever. We've gone from constant communication and contact to struggling to find enough privacy to send a quick text. We've seen each other once since this began, very briefly. She doesn't live close by, so it took a fair bit of lying. We found a country park and went for a walk and we couldn't be long. Disappearing off into different directions for who knows how long has been heartbreaking. We haven't made a plan to meet again, but we will. I know there's a lockdown, but being in this type of relationship makes you incredibly resourceful. I manage not to dwell on it too much on what I'm doing when life is busy. We've got our routine, which means we can overlook things which cause discomfort. But now we're all slowing down. You can't help but think a little more. I'm realising I'm making myself miserable by not being with the person I love to protect my family. But being stuck in the house, it's clear my unhappiness is affecting my wife and the children. I've been too much of a coward. I think we'll have to make a go of it. I don't have uh, any sympathy for the people who are upset that they can't continue their cheating. Definitely not. I have some very strong opinions about this. I appreciate that you can't help who you fall in love with. I think that that comment rings true. However, you can control your actions. And if this person has been in another relationship for seven years, that is not kind to his family, you know, or all the other family that he's destroying as well, that they're both destroying. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe this is a chance for him to actually figure out what he wants and not have it both ways. Absolutely. I also think in these situations, and I remember saying this to Cuban Heel, actually, (laughs) when he was, when I found out that he was leading his girlfriend on, 
what about that other person? There is somebody else out there for that other person and they're not living their life to the fullest because you are essentially keeping them in something that is fake. And it's so selfish of those people that do you really think you're the only person who could make that other person happy? Like, do you not think that maybe, yeah, you have to go through the hardship of breaking up a family, but maybe that's the best thing you'll ever do for that other person? Preach. Zero sympathy for the corona cheaters. (laughs) This week on the C Blocked podcast Instagram, we enlisted the help of our followers to select Kate's dating profile pictures. Thank you, legends, for voting. And the results are now in. So we had dressed up glam Kate versus dressed down casual Kate. (laughs) And dressed down casual Kate won. Yes. That's what I voted for. She's giving me girl next door. She's giving me stunning, you know, a bit of a jean, bit of a nice silky top. (laughs) It's very gorgeous. So that is the the choice. Thanks, guys. Um, So we're going with that. Uh, With Goat Muster Kate versus Talk to the Elephants Kate, I'm really pleased to say that Goat Muster Kate has won. Oh, dear. You know, she's a country girl. She's giving me country girl vibes. I love it. She's not afraid to go and muster a goat. Uh, then with Wagga Dam Goddess Kate and <laughs> African Swamp <laughs> Goddess Kate. Oh, dear. Wagga Dam Goddess Kate has won. Oh. So you're really putting the dam in Wagga Dam. <laughs> I feel like my mum probably went in and voted a thousand times <laughs> to try and get that one to win so the one of my full butt cheeks didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, well done, Jill. You have you have succeeded. <laughs> and then with Cocktail Hour Kate versus Pensive Sunset Hour Kate, Cocktail Hour Kate has won. So, you know, <laughs> you might be cock blocked, but you're certainly not cocktail blocked. Absolutely not. God, no. So we will put these up on our Instagram feed so you can see just how much of a babe our Katie really is. So men of Bumble and Tinder, bloody watch out. Uh, so now with our photos selected, how do we set up this profile? It's been a long time for me and I don't think, Han, you've ever been on the apps. Nah. So let's give this a go, guys. I downloaded uh, Bumble and Tinder and so we've got to pick some photos, which we've done. We also have to pick our age range that I want to be interested in. Ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, what yeah. do you think? I mean, I've mostly had a lot of younger men, to be honest. Not really that much older. Although, you know, maybe that's been to my detriment. I think we don't want to go too young, Poz, because you're ready for something serious. Yeah. I mean, well, clearly I'm ready. My mum suggested the other day that I freeze my eggs. So, (laughs) like, (laughs) we're there. Well, we could go your age or maybe you could go slightly younger than you. I could go slightly younger, maybe like 29. Yeah. Great. Great. Love that. So 29. And then how old, how much older would you go? Mm maybe 35 okay cute well what about this (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say if you're putting if you're putting 35 what if your dream man is out there but he's 36 so I think you need to just like broaden those parameters just a little bit and I think we should go 29 okay to 38 that's what I was gonna say 38 okay we'll do it because what if he's just a little bit older than that and you're gonna miss out on those matches okay great Great. What have I got to lose? Done. So you can add a question if you want to ask somebody. I don't know what that means. Like, is that the first thing that pops up? Add a question. 
like an opener. DTF? <laughs> no. <laughs> Kate. <laughs> well, this just reminds me of when I met my husband, Carl, on Tinder. His opening line was, do you prefer strawberry or chocolate milk? I remember that. Bless <laughs> That's him. cute. Bless him. <laughs> Which is very sweet. What do you want your question to be, Kate? Um, oh, God, I really can't think of one. I mean, all I can think of right now is funny shit like, do you try and smother women whilst you're having sex with them? If so, <laughs> please, please swipe on. Do you wear a hair tie on your pen? <laughs> Maybe we can get our listeners to write in some options. That's true. Some suggestions. Yeah, that's great. What's some stuff about me that's nice? I think it's got to be like less sentences and more like... Content creator, country girl, like just like <laughs> phrases. Mad dog. Mad Wait, dog. No. <laughs> or like partial to a rock and D floor. I do love to rock a D floor. <laughs> Lol just did a little shoulder roll on the camera when she did that bit. She did a little dance move. <laughs> You're 50. We're 50. But I do think that we need to include... Yeah, you're, you're a content creator, you teach fitness classes, you love being at home in the country, you love animals, you love travel. That's all really important. That's great. I love all that. That's perfect. That's a good snapshot. Okay, we'll fashion that into a paragraph and then you can uh, connect your Instagram and you can connect your Spotify. You are welcome, Ooh, Bumble cool. World, because you're going to get some really good spin class banging tunes. So what we'll do is we'll fashion all of this stuff actually into your profile. Yep. And then next week we'll have a little uh, swipe sesh together where we might just see what sort of (laughs) matches are available. We'll see what's around. So we've been trying to get the hashtag get Kate a date trending. But meanwhile, this week, Kate had a date. I had a date, guys. Tell us. So I did mention him in the last one very briefly and we have decided to call him Construction Cutie. I'm not thrilled about this because I would like to call him, because he has brown eyes, I would like to call him, looking in your big brown eyes. So I will not be calling him construction cutie and I will be calling him looking in your big brown eyes every time. You've got to sing that though. It has to be sung every time you say it. Okay, so tell us about your date with looking in your big brown eyes. He actually does have lovely eyes. We've seen like one photo and he looks like he has very kind eyes, a lovely smile. Lovely smile, kind eyes. He is a friend of a friend um, and he's an absolute delight. We've only had one virtual date, obviously like messaged a little bit and he was, okay, so what I can say about him that I liked and this is something that I think is important to me is he surprised me in many ways. You know, when you have a certain, you obviously go into anything, we all do it with certain expectations or, you know, what we think somebody is going to be like, but he actually surprised me. So I was pleasantly surprised with a few aspects about, you know, his interests and what he does. And he was just really sweet and he really likes the podcast. So he's a big fan. A friend of the podcast is a friend of mine. Exactly. We will look forward to um, hearing more about this. Yes, we'll definitely get some updates on uh, Construction Cutie or look at your big brown hair. (laughs) (laughs) Now we 
have had some of our lovely listeners get in touch. And what's coming up as a theme is that there are a lot of people getting dumped in Mm. quarantine. So people that were already seeing people before uh, Corona struck and they're getting dumped while they can't actually see their partner. So it's as if people are taking a somewhat easy way out in that no one can be mad that you didn't do it in person because technically it's illegal to go and see somebody. Well, I'm a bit confused about this actually because I'm unclear about the rules in terms of if you are already in a relationship but you're not living with the person, are you still allowed to meet up with just them? You are. You're still allowed to meet up. So I just think this is freaking weak as piss from people. It's a bit of a dog move, isn't it? Would you rather be dumped like in Corona or as soon as it finishes? I think I'd rather just be dumped now. Yeah, absolutely. Honesty is always better. Honesty is the best policy. Do you know what I also think it could be? Because I've actually have a story about this going the opposite way. I think it's giving time for people to reflect on what they really want in their lives. Definitely. I think people are really having that time to reflect on what they want and so it's probably bringing out a lot of things that have been repressed or it's so easy to just, you know, go on with your day every single day and repress those thoughts. It's just easier to be like, nah, we'll just get on with it, we'll deal with that later. But now think people are having to actually deal with their crap. My housemate has actually had so many blasts from her past contact her in the past week wanting to get back in touch because they've reevaluated their lives and their feelings for her. Wow. That's really interesting. She had a guy contact her from eight years ago. Whoa. Yep, he cut her out of his life eight years ago because his girlfriend felt uncomfortable with their friendship and he's come back after eight years. Has he come back for like meaningful chats or has he just come back because he's like, who do I know that I could ask Mm. to do a wee on video? (laughs) (laughs) Who is down for phone sex? No, he wanted meaningful (laughs) chat. He said it's been plaguing him for years but it's you know obviously now being in corona has really given him time to to think and they're gonna do a little you know zoom wine catch up can we have updates on this i like this story it's hilarious she's had a heap of them so i'll keep you updated this week we asked our listeners what is irrationally irritating you about your partner or iso buddy or it's complicated or whoever it is that you're seeing this quarantine out with. And this obviously resonated with quite a few of you because you wrote into us. So here are some of the common answers. The sound of them eating slash chewing has become deafening. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to that. Although Connor and I both have severe misophonia. So like we will not never do it to each other. So when we sit there eating corn chips, it's literally like (laughs) like like a mime because we don't want to trigger the other one. Way too loud on Zoom calls. Mm. Walking behind my Zoom call to get snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Only proactive for convenient and easy tasks. Pests. (laughs) Seeing them in work mode and it's a turn off. One listener simply replied pubes and we are so sorry. (laughs) One listener realised that their partner gets paid dramatically more than them to do dramatically less work. Oh. And one listener wrote, I don't think it's irrational, but everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's annoying them. So shout out to you guys. (laughs) Some of the breakups are going to happen from people just being thoroughly pissed off with the other person they live with. 
One listener wrote to us with a really helpful technique for managing the challenge of spending 24-7 with a partner in isolation. Their couples therapist has taught them to name the irritating parts of their personalities, like Mr. Fix-It, who tries to fix things, and Miss Clean, who manically cleans uh, when she's feeling out of control. So being able to ask things like, hey, are you being Mr. Fix-It right now or is something actually wrong has helped them immensely. (laughs) Also, they've started asking each other, how important is this to you? How healthy and good is this technique, do we think? I think that's really helpful. I'm going to try that one. Yeah, look, Connor and I have also tried to do that. How important is this to you? And we are both so stubborn that we're both like, very important. It's very important. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's important. Oh, my God. So that one's not really um, thriving in our household. But I do like the naming the irritating parts of your personality. That's funny. What would yours be called? Oh, God. Mine would be like Miss... um, bitch no <laughs> miss <laughs> miss um yeah like control like uh, miss bloody micromanager miss micromanager, <laughs> miss miss micromanager. micromanager. yeah yeah oh my gosh mine would be um miss pregnancy is an excuse for everything <laughs> <laughs> kate what's yours miss keep it down and stop exercising so much Miss stop maxing out the internet on Pornhub. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so a few people uh, answered our question about irrational irritations with farting. Um, and so I know many of you were very impressed with the mention of Hans Fiancé's farting skills, Con. I actually, we've seen a video and it is freaking hilarious. So one friend of the podcast even said, the only thing getting me through this quarantine is knowing Connor can fart on pitch. So guys, due to popular demand, here is Connor farting. Because I'm just a teenage dirtbag bitch. And on that very well-pitched note, that's about it for this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Cock Blocked by Corona, the podcast. Please tune in next Monday. You do not want to miss the introduction of the one, the only, the infamous bachelor in Kate's recent past, New York narcissist. Katie, do you think you'll need a full week to emotionally prepare? I'm actually feeling pretty good about the situation. I think I'm ready to talk about all the dirty details. Amazing. So tune in for that next week. As always, we love reading your feedback and pandemic pivot dating stories via email. We are at cblockedpodcast at gmail.com. And please join us on Instagram for more fun and COVID-19 distractions between episodes. Our handle is at cblockedpodcast. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You have been listening to Lauren McKenna, Hannah Fredrickson and the corona hero we all love and deserve, Kate Foster. Our producer is Carl McKinnon at Tech Tech Boom and this week is brought to you by Boredom and Panic Baking. Stay safe, stay home, wash your hands and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.